everyone, and welcome to this special iZombie Podcasters Roundtable. My name is Kevin Batchelder. I'm from the Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV podcast. But you're not here to listen to me. You're here because you probably recognize some of the voices that are coming in here from several of the iZombie podcasts that we've gotten together now that Season 1 has finished to talk about the show. And do realize that since the Season 1 has finished airing, we may cover anything and everything that happened in Season 1. So bear that in mind in case you're new to the show or just coming up to speed. But I think you'll have some fun. We've got some great folks here. We're going to talk about all kinds of topics. And uh, hopefully you'll find something that uh, you enjoy from this discussion. So let's take a moment here, introduce some of the folks who are here with us. First off, we have some of the folks from the iZombie podcast. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thanks, Kevin. Uh, uh, For those that don't know, uh, I'm Robin and Steph is Steph, right? I'm right here. Hello. (laughs) Awesome. We also have the folks from the iZombie U Zombie podcast. Hello. Hi there. I'm Josh. I'm Melissa. And uh, thank you for having us here. It's fun to be here. Excellent. And also we have the folks from the Kicking Ass and Taking Brains podcast. Howdy. I'm Dan. I'm Jesse. Thanks again for uh, listening and tuning in. Awesome. Now, we suspect that some of you folks uh, listen to one of these podcasts. Maybe if you're really committed, you listen to all of them. So (laughs) we realize there's some new voices you'll probably be hearing. We'll try to... uh, uh, make it easy enough from a listening point of view. But obviously, uh, everybody here, myself included, is a huge fan of the show. So expect some passion coming through. Uh, and we're doing this kind of casual. This is really like a roundtable, like you might do with your friends sitting around uh, talking about the show. So it'll be a, a casual approach. We may step on each other's toes every now and then in the voices. But hopefully you folks uh, can kick back and uh, listen and enjoy. And feel free to reach out to any of these podcasts. We'll give you full details near the end on uh, if you have any thoughts on this discussion or the show in general. So let's kind of kick things off, I think, with the question many of the listeners certainly have in mind, uh, if they haven't already asked any of you folks directly. And that would be, what drew you in and kind of made you decide that I want to do a podcast for this show I've never seen? I've uh, This is Robin from iZombie Podcast. I, I, I've basically uh, been doing intro casts for a long time, uh, which is watching an old show with uh, with friends and introducing them to it. And uh, I've always wanted to have the fan cast experience. And looking over the amount of shows that were coming out, the one that really stuck out was iZombie. And for two reasons. Uh, Rob Thomas, who is a genius and wrote Veronica Mars and Party Down, and David Anders, who I just love as an actor and have followed him in many different shows. Yeah, this is Stephanie from uh, iZombie Podcast. I, I thought that this would be a huge hit for the CW. Uh, you know, there's so many. The Walking Dead is so successful, but I just felt like this would be a, a the, the CW's take on the zombie genre. And uh, I'm so glad that I that we that Robin pulled me into this because this has been a, a great time. Hi, this is Melissa, and uh, Josh and I do a friends podcast, and uh, we were nearing the end and kind of looking around for something. And I kept seeing these ads for iZombie, and honestly, I was, I'm was i done with the zombie thing. I was kind of over it. And then I found out it was Rob Thomas doing it, and we had finished the whole run of Veronica Mars, and um, it, he's just amazing. So I was like, well, I'm in. If it's Rob Thomas, I'm in, and uh, he's, yeah, he's well worth it. 
Yeah, this is Dan from uh, Taking Brains Podcast. Um, so I love Veronica Mars, too. It's probably my favorite show ever. So when I heard about this coming, I was really excited. And I really liked the take on the zombie thing, too. I'm sort of over the zombie thing also. But this seemed like a new spin on it that really excited me. And at the time, Jesse and I were doing a different podcast about just superhero TV in general. As like, let's take this aside. Let's do this. Jesse, you're going to watch this whether you want to or not. And then, Jesse, how did you feel about it once I made you? <laughs> Uh, well, I enjoyed it. I, uh, I, I've never had broadcast television at my house, so sort of watching TV is sort of a new thing for me. Um, and uh, I'd gotten really into um, Arrow after watching the first season on Netflix, and then I started watching The Flash. And, um, and then uh, so I was into the CW, and then Dan uh, sort of forced me into doing <laughs> a podcast called Small Screen Justice, where we talked about Arrow and Gotham and The Flash and. Was there some other show? Anyway. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. And uh, so then when he asked me to do this, uh, I figured that I'd do it. And he told me that he didn't have anyone else to watch it with. So he sort of guilted me into it. But I'm really glad <laughs> that I watched it because I really enjoyed the show. Awesome. Yes, it was quite the first season, too. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of that, with 13 episodes, we've had a little bit of time now since the finale. Uh, I'm curious, you know, what might have been your favorite episode of the season? It's it's a hard question to answer because I found as we were going through the season, uh, except for maybe a, a couple of episodes, I kept saying, oh, oh, this is the best episode yet. This is, oh, it's just getting better. It's getting better and better and better. But um, yeah, this was a question that was asked uh, to our podcast and the feedback to iZombie Podcast. And uh, uh, on the spot, I, I immediately went to Patriot Brains because that was the episode that uh you know big things happen lowell was uh shot um and killed and um you know live all of a sudden realized she really had to take this thing seriously mm. um so and you know uh i mean besides uh that i mean we had you know the candy man uh beating major up at his house and all this stuff but yeah it was it was Lowell's death that probably made this show like even bigger as as a result. Well, for me, uh, I think Maternity Live was that's when the the character development had uh, had really gotten going, and the the, um, the story of the mystery of the week was starting to uh, fit in with um, the overarching story of the season more. And as a mom, it just that's when like it emotionally got me. Um, I don't know. I think that, that I probably, if I had to, this is Josh at iZombie, I guess iZombie, you zombie. If I had to pick a favorite episode, it'd probably be Patriot brains as well. But uh, I think that it's much more like a book um, than a, the, the, the structure of a TV show. Just, I feel like, you know, every chapter improves on the story and moves it forward. So I don't know that pulling one out and watching it necessarily is, makes any sense but definitely i think lowell's death was the thing that all of a sudden upped the stakes and then if it was a book that was when you decided like well i'm not going to sleep tonight i'm going to finish all of the rest of the chapters and and find out what happens um yeah i think that's a great episode definitely um i also really liked dead rat live rat brown rat white rat i had to look at the title there because it's hard to remember the order of that but um i think the humor yeah. Um, I love the humor in that episode a lot, but then it also had this great dramatic end with the whole Peyton thing and with the really big fight sequence at the end. And I love the whole musical sequence. So really strong episode. 
Uh, yeah, um, I think my favorite episode was, again, probably Patriot Brains, but also I really liked uh, Astro Burger. I liked the um, – I, th- I thought that the twist was handled really well with uh, all of the additional um, uh, hallucinations than uh, what you'd initially yeah. thought was just that sort of cartoony hallucination. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was handled really well. If I had to pick a second favorite, it would it would definitely be Astro Burger. I mean, just I remember going over that episode with Steph and just saying, "Wow, this is this is genius," you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, just the way it played with you and how how well it was written. Um, yeah. Okay, I want to I want to change my vote too to Astro Burger. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing. If we go long enough, I think everybody's going to want to put in a second and a third, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that was what a lot of uh, our listeners uh, mentioned, too, is, is once those key moments, as you folks said, the, the, uh, the loss of Lowell uh, and realizing things had kind of moved from, you know, quirky episode of the week to, oh, my goodness, I'm really uh, totally emotionally involved now. It, it really ratcheted things up for quite a few of us. Now, having seen Liv do such a great job with all the different uh, brain she she had all season long uh, kind of along the same idea was there maybe not an entire episode but maybe was there a brain of the week that some of you found just to really be your favorite throughout the season i lived doing kung fu was fun i, I wasn't crazy <laughs> about that episode of the mystery of the week but that was fun I, uh, I think my favorite this is melissa i think my favorite one was uh when she ate the cheerleader brain uh and was yeah. so perky yeah, and I'll chime in. I think Astro Burger uh, was probably my favorite just because it gave the writers a chance to do something that turned. And even I had one of the ones figured out, but I didn't have the other one figured out. So um, the, the two different hallucinations that came from yeah. it. So I think that actually was probably my favorite brain just because it gave them a chance to do something crazy and, and knock us all over. Um, I really liked, I believe the character name is Javier in episode two. I just thought walking Rose McIver in that role was really funny. And I liked the painting side to it, too. I thought it was just a really fun episode coming off the pilot, seeing where the different things can go. And right, so I liked that a lot. I think the one that really uh, worried me was the whole exterminator brain, how how cold she got. And uh, I do wish we saw a little bit more of that uh, throughout the season. But, you know, that's... It's definitely something I'd like to see in season two with the uh, with more brains. You know, it's something that would cause her to possibly not, um, you know, help a friend that's in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the other bummer from that was just that uh, that was the only time that we saw a zombie who'd like really lost it, uh, who'd gone too far to come back. Mm-hmm. And I wish that happened at least one other time. Yeah, similar to the cold thing, I actually liked uh, Dead Air, where she was just being kind of mean to Ravi, and how that went with that whole conflict there. I thought that was cool. I know for me, one of the things I've been enjoying as I've been starting the rewatch myself is just, again, you appreciate the real skill level uh, for Rose being able to do all these different personalities. And as we said a little earlier in the comments, the episode where she got to do two of them, and we really could contrast them just showed just how skilled and talented she is. And, and sometimes a week between the episodes, we kind of don't realize how much she's uh, changing everything, tone, pace, approach, everything. It's, it's wonderful to see. Mm. Now, thinking about some of those ones like the cheerleader and the, the hitman and everything else, I got to think you folks have got an idea of what type of brain you'd like to see her get maybe in season two. 
I like the idea of her eating uh, Stephen King's brain and then uh, <laughs> out a successful novel and then she's got finances taken care of and maybe she could tour around and get Patterson and all the famous <laughs> authors. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that'd be really interesting. I don't know if anyone uh, here is, or if everyone here has watched Dollhouse, but one of my favorite parts in that is where um, uh, the main character, it's another thing where sort of brains get overwritten by other brains. Um, and uh, one of my favorite parts is when all the brains that the main character has had overwritten sort of merge into one sort of multi-personality where it's got sort of one central personality. So I think it'd be interesting if she like, um, like in the finale or something, created a smoothie of brains to sort of try and get mm-hmm. all these different, uh, you know, benefits from all the different brains. And it would, of course, also come with all these uh, side effects. I think that could be really interesting. And I think we almost got that with Patriot Brains with the whole PTSD mm. stuff. Yeah, they just but, touched uh, on yeah, it. Yeah, it would be cool if it I wouldn't be away. surprised if we got that from a villain either. If like a villain's like, I need all these abilities and I'm going to push them all together and then go super crazy from it too. Yeah. It's, yeah it is kind of like she needs a, uh, um, a refrigerator where she can store certain ones that have mm-hmm. certain and call back on them when like, okay, I need the sniper now. So go to the refrigerator <laughs> drawer. And- yeah. I mean, when the show was first starting and they hadn't like really clearly explained the rules yet, I sort of thought that she'd be adding on each week. But it turned out, of course, that she was replacing the uh, previous week's mm. uh, abilities. Very interesting. Yeah, I like the dollhouse parallel very much. <laughs> that, that could uh, make for some interesting stuff down the line. Now, certainly you folks have talked, and I know many of you who are listening know that there are lots of different things to love about the show. But if you had to pick the one thing you enjoyed the most in this first season, uh, what might it be? Major. <laughs> major story arc mm-hmm. not major's abs <laughs> are those a part of the story arc <laughs> not enough major <laughs> yeah it was great to see uh him getting a uh a bigger role on this show because you know in all the pre-interviews i'd seen at like last year's comic-con his his interviews were always uh the most fun to listen to so knowing that he's going to be some character that you know a uh, uh, somebody that Liv's going to be pining for but is going to be just out of reach. It's good to see that they did more with his character than just that. Yeah, I mean, as someone who watched Veronica Mars a lot, I was a little worried he'd go the Duncan route, and it went a very, it went, went a very different direction, so I was happy with that, too. Yeah, although the one thing about that that did bum me out, I felt like, for, and we talked about this a lot on uh, Picking Ass and Taking Brands, was how much of the major arc, no pun intended, of the... Uh, entire season was driven by major and it felt kind of odd that he was the one driving that major arc when uh Liv is supposedly the main character so i wish that they had figured out a way to like you know give him a significant development but actually as a secondary character instead of almost as a second protagonist yeah it's it's that's true i mean we we had uh him kind of stumbling into things as a result of the teenage runaway mm-hmm. thing it, it, maybe it would have been um better if we had you know live investigating the cause of uh uh the massacre on the lake you know that was something maybe mm-hmm. she could have yeah. gotten into yeah it felt the, the whole case of the week thing i felt sometimes got in the way of live actually yeah. going for it as a main character 
I don't know. My my co-host Melissa kept pointing out because I, I brought this up to her and I thought it was a really good point. But her her contention always was, well, everything Major's finding out, Liv knows. Yeah. She's already ahead of that part of the case. I think Liv's arc is actually um, interesting because it's coming to grips with that she's a monster. And, and I think that's what her story arc is supposed to be. And I don't know if there's just one main character on this show. I think that you could make a case that Major is is almost as big a character as her and, and, and maybe um, Blaine being the third main character. And as time goes on, they might have independent storylines that are just as pivotal as hers. Yeah, that, that's true. I, I mean, the, the thing for me that got me really excited about this show and like made me really agree to do uh, this podcast with Dan was the idea of a you know a strong female led show because so many uh, so much of the uh, TV both on the CW and uh, elsewhere is um, led by you know these uh, masculine male uh, uh, white guys with a little bit of stubble. Um, and uh, I, I, I was just sort of like really looking forward to something that, you know, was not going to be focused on that and be focused on uh, someone from a different demographic. But I, I mean, I didn't not enjoy Major's storyline. I, I really enjoyed it. I just think that since he doesn't exist in a vacuum and, uh, you know, we've sort of seen this trend of uh, one demographic pioneering this entire sort of genre um, of, you know, sort of action TV and action movies. Uh, I wanted to see something different, but I did enjoy him within himself. It, it's it was a, it was a struggle to actually keep um, you know live relevant, but also have her in those cases of the week. Meanwhile, Major was free to be fully a part of that zombie mythology. He wasn't mm-hmm. held back by those mm-hmm. cases. So, you know, it, it comes to the whole thing where you know should live. Uh, tell her secret to Major. If she did tell her secret to Major, could he have been, or could she have been a more part of what mm-hmm. he was doing? Well, which actually, I think that this problem could easily be sort of fixed in season two because now he does know. Now they know about each other, so their storylines can kind of come together in a way where we don't have him off to the side doing these things that are really cool that Livens isn't a part of. So I think that is a nice way to go against that in the future. Yeah, but he doesn't. He's yeah, that's true too. Yeah. I imagine it's just gonna yeah. draw a huger wedge between them. That's a good point. But hopefully not. Yep. <laughs> hopefully those kids will get back together, or at least you know work work things out so they can be friends. Um, what else I enjoyed in season two is probably uh, like the the friendships. Uh, I liked Liv and Ravi. I liked uh, Liv and Peyton. I liked uh, Roger. <laughs> Major. <laughs> Um, I mean, these characters, I mean, you know, it's just the way Rob Thomas and company can write them. It's just, they're so endearing. They're, I just love spending time with them. And uh, it's great when they're able to bounce off each other. Um, Yeah, I totally loved the ensemble cast here. The chemistry between everyone was great. I especially loved scenes with, uh, with, um, I'm just gonna. I can't. I, was th- I couldn't say Liv. I was thinking of Rose over and over again. Uh, between <laughs> uh, between Liv and Ravi, I thought was really really great. I think that they are really close, uh, good friends really soon, and I really like that. Yeah, there's one episode I can't remember which one where um, towards the beginning it was uh, Ravi and Peyton and Liv and Major all sort of hanging out, and that was just a blast to watch because they all have such great chemistry together, and it was obviously well written and directed, and just you know it was like. Nice to just see these characters all being people together. That was Astroburger. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's uh, 
it's a thing with TV shows where they keep the characters all in different scenes and you're just waiting for them to cross paths or to compare notes. Um, I don't know if that's a, a problem or a trope or, you know, just something that keeps the story um, moving but not moving too fast. Mm-hmm. I'm actually rewatching Heroes <laughs> right now and it's kind of funny. You just follow all these different people but they haven't even actually talked to each other yet. Another great David Anders thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, there's lots and lots of great stuff there. That's what makes a rewatch so easy. They can focus on different pieces of that. So well done. Now, as you mentioned a little bit, uh, and a lot of us thought the whole situation between, uh, you know, Liv and Major, her not telling him, certainly led to quite a bit of consequences in terms of what happened. But uh, I'm curious, do any of you uh, think there was someone else that Liv really should have or will be telling her secret to? I, I think the one person we're probably all thinking of uh-huh. is Clive. <laughs> I mean, um, and it's tough because, you know, Rob Thomas has expressed that he doesn't want everybody to know. He wants, it, it, when somebody finds out, it's got to be a big deal. And uh, unfortunately, I think Clive is just going to be kept in the dark for, you know, the next, at least another season. I'm sure of that. But uh, I mean, yeah, it would make it would make her life easier. I mean, uh, the whole thing where she you have to think about this is is this a supernatural show? Is this a scientific show? If this is a science show and Liv's just got a disease, it's like what does she have to worry about except for the fact that she needs brains, <laughs> and that might be a little bit immortal. Um, I, I, I wish she could tell everybody, but then again, I also wish that she, I, I, I would think that she probably should just keep it to herself. Yeah. Clive is obviously, you know, the choice, but they kind of have to not tell him just to keep that, that conflict going, you know, that little bit of mystery, um, and, and kind of the machinations that they go through to keep the secret from him is, is funny as well. Um, but I halfway expect at the end they're gonna. It's gonna be like the end of Lost Boys, where the grandpa's like, "Yeah, what about all the vampires?" Like Clive will, <laughs> Clive will be like, "Yeah, I know about zombies, duh." <laughs> but who knows? Yeah, my sort of general policy, at like having watched a lot of superhero TV, where you know secret identities are a huge thing, um, <laughs> is that uh, you should keep the secret if it actually is keeping someone safer. But what's been happening recently is that a the or, or at least recently in my mind, um, a lot of the times they're not telling characters who are already in just as much danger, if not more, regardless of whether or not they know the secret. Like, Major was already, you know, going off and getting beaten up by zombies without knowing what he was getting into, so I think it was a huge mistake for her not to tell him uh, earlier, or at least to tell him about the existence of zombies, if not telling him that she was actually a zombie. Um, but, uh, so I, I think that Clive, for now, it's okay, because, like, you know, he hasn't really been put in any crazy situations yet, um, but I think that there were definitely points where if I were live, I would have probably made that jump knowing that Clive trusts her. Um, I so think that, I, I think that for season two, what I would like is he finds out about zombies in general, not necessarily about live and that he maybe starts in may not necessarily investigating live, but being more suspicious of her and at least realizing something is up here and, you know, maybe commenting on it a little bit more, but he doesn't necessarily have to be told outright. I mean, he's got a big cliffhanger for season two as well with the, um, the fact that he's probably going to be able to um, get major with the gun res- residue uh, stuff at yeah. the beginning of the next season. So I'm glad that he's being brought more into the main plot because he's sort of been just off exclusively with the case of the week most weeks. Yeah. 
Um, I, I guess maybe I'm more concerned about when they're going to tell Iris that Liv's a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she'll figure it out herself. <laughs> That's a fun <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe Clive will just kind of walk in while she's eating she's eating brains one day and just be like, oh, why didn't you? Just- well, he's done that a couple of times. Where he even eat a, ate a brain on a pizza and thought it was a mushroom. Oh, oh. <laughs> so bad. They, one day he's going to figure that out. And if he shoots her, she's got that coming. Yeah. <laughs> you let me eat brains. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll be... Hell to pay for that if that comes to it. <laughs> now, another aspect certainly of the show that uh, uh, Robin did a good job of uh, bringing up uh, and certainly I became more aware of was uh, the music, the use of mu- uh, music throughout the series, certainly for the first season. So did you folks have a favorite music moment? Um, I, I always go back. I, I, Girl is a Queen is a song that's always playing in my van, and it, it's it's the song that was playing when uh, Liv and Lowell dancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a, it's just a great song, and uh, again, like for uh, with Veronica Mars, Rob Thomas has always got a good ear for some good uh, indie music that uh, I decided to really try to keep track of this year, and have built a, a amazing Spotify playlist as a result. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, the theme every week is just great. It just gets you right into it. I haven't been so excited about a a, a, a TV show theme since uh, uh, Smallville. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, um, yeah, it's a great thing. And I love the uh, it. It was Flight of the Living Dead. The her sorority sister's brain, where she's riding the bicycle oh, yeah. through through town. That was a great song. Oh, oh, oh my god, god. Yeah, yeah, that was a great moment. Uh, I think I probably would go with the uh, theme song as well. Um, that's been on my playlist for a while now. The uh, if, if Rob Thomas has a mutant power, it is probably that he picks um, theme songs for TV shows better than anyone in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, loved Retrograde at the end of episode 12, sort of as after we find out, Peyton finds out, and there's sort of an ending montage where we have like... Uh, Clive talking to her, and then we have Major in the being taken by Blaine, and we have uh, the nine one one call. Uh, I thought that that was just like a really moody song to really lead you into the finale kind of thing. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna be honest. Even though I'm an actually a musician, I didn't pay a tremendous amount of attention to the music that was being used. Uh, I was so focused on just the. Uh, I, I'm a musician and a filmmaker, but I'm a filmmaker first and foremost. So I was focused more on the cinematic techniques than the soundtrack. But I did every every week when that sound when that uh, theme came around. I just puffed me up for the episode so much. Yeah, Kevin, did you have one? Yeah, as uh, as was mentioned, the uh, the montage at the end of Ep Twelve just really was a gut punch and really stuck with me. Uh, that one was definitely one that I I remembered, and I don't tend to pay a lot of attention to it, you know, uh, myself. But boy, I, I do remember that one quite a bit. Um. <laughs> a couple more I had to mention it was uh, <laughs> the Surf Gen Stevens uh, They Are Night Zombies oh, yeah. song that plays uh, when uh, Anders and uh, I immediately bought that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're getting uh, spray tanned, and uh, I don't know how we can close out this topic without mentioning to Commissar because mm-hmm. <laughs> that was an awesome scene, <laughs> an awesome song to play it to, and, and just the fact I really want to make up a fan video because his original intention was to play When Doves Cry during that mm. scene and. Uh, I'd love to hear that or watch that scene with with, with when Doves Cry playing and see how it would change. Very haunting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, certainly with all the different topics we're touching on, and, and several of us have brought it up, uh, just from a, a big picture point of view, we're all obviously very excited for season two. But I'm curious what maybe you were most looking forward to uh, when it comes to a season two. Um, Steph, do you want to take this one? I well, just like, first. like we talked about earlier, I want to see more of what happens when the zombies don't eat the brains. Mm. Yes. I want to see that, and I want to see more of Liv dealing with the uh, aftermath of the stress of or the the pain of all these brains that she has to deal with. Um, I don't know. Uh, for season two, I'd like to see Clive get an arc that would rival what Major had in the first season. Um, maybe if he has to work the case from the outside um, and figure everything out that Major did and we get a different view of it from maybe a police a police side, I think that would be something I'd really look forward to. I also feel like in the first season, he just got kind of pushed to the side a lot of times and the actor is good and it would be interesting to see. Yeah, his his character needs to be developed more. He needs more Clive-centric episodes. I know it started out so good with Live and Let Clive, and I really, I really hope that uh, Clive. Um, I mean, he's going to have to deal with the whole uh, Suzuki situation and uh, Major possibly be possibly being a suspect. Um, so I'm hoping we get more uh, more development with him. Uh, my main thing I'd really like to see in season two is a a clearer, more focused, ongoing mystery for her, for Liv to solve, like, more in the vein of Veronica Mars, as far as, like, yes, she's doing these side things, but it's a mystery she has to unravel, because, like you said, as far as like, um, Major had to figure things out throughout the season, where she kind of knew everything kind of going in, and so, like, yes, there were little things she found out here and there, and she did have to deal with a lot of stuff, but I want her to be, like, searching for the truth and finding new things that we don't know about throughout the season. Yeah, the other thing that I'd really like to see is um, sort of it's been mentioned with, with Clive, but also like Dana and I talked a lot about sort of how the family and also Peyton especially um, because she was a character that they could only have on for so many episodes um, because of the actress. I, I just like to um, see stronger development for secondary characters, um, possibly a reduction in the number of secondary characters so that they can actually focus on them. So like if if her brother does die. Like, you know, getting some actual time with her mother in multiple episodes and uh, more time with Peyton uh, would be great, too. Um, and, uh, yeah, I agree with Dan about just, you know, a more focused uh, Big Bad, even if we don't find out what it is right away. But knowing that there's something out there that, like, within the first two episodes, knowing that there's something out there that is, uh, you know, larger than all the sort of week-to-week villains, uh, which, you know, ties things up towards the end. Um and uh, again, just I'd like to see Liv really being the leader of the show. That's that's something that I want to see. Absolutely. And yeah, the big bad. I'm not sure if I'm totally sold on Von Duclark. And I'm not sure if I want to spend an entire season mm-hmm. with Von Duclark being the the main big bad. I'd love it if we got him as the, at the beginning. And uh, that leads us into something even more darker and I'd, sinister. I, I'd be totally on board for the first thing that's affected by Mac, uh, was it, the, the new Max Rager thing, uh, Super Max. If, that, if someone uses that and then immediately kills him <laughs> and like the premiere. <laughs> yeah. But. Or if it does get picked up for 22 episodes, if he, if he were the mid-season big bad with the 
second half of the season, Big Bad being also set up during the first half of the season. Yeah, um, I'd be done for that. I wouldn't be surprised if um, he's the brain Big Bad, and then we end up getting the sort of big physical villain mm-hmm. Big Bad on a separate track. But yeah. I guess Steven Weber's not getting any love here. I love you, Steven. Stay on the show. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, the actor's fine. It's just – it's a little cartoony. It's a little cartoony. <laughs> well, though, you bring up a good point, though, that uh, go a little deeper on is we don't know yet how many eps we're going to get in season two. Now, there's always that ongoing fan debate. We all love more of what we love. But this was a pretty crisp, sharp-moving first season at 13 episodes. Would we rather see 13 or 22? I really, I'm I'm a big fan of just the 13, quite honestly. I think Steph yeah. agree with me, right? But, I mean, I enjoy, I, I, I just want to, I, yeah, you're torn between, do I want to see my favorite show every week, or do I want to see quality, good quality um, detail, you know, they pay attention to details if they have time to to make the 13 episodes. So, yeah, I don't know. I can't even... I can't even think of a CW show where that gets a full season of 22 where somewhere towards the middle or in the second half, I'm not like, what, can we move this along a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Not even I wish it- CW, too. I think most every yeah. TV show um, has that problem. And, and we've talked about this where we really like the, the 13 episode. It was, there wasn't a lot of fluff. It was just in and out and perfect. Yeah, the British model, like the BBC. Mm-hmm. You never watch a British show and go like, man, they really went way too long with this story. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing is, uh, if they do feel like they have to do a brain of the week every episode, if you have to do 22 episodes a season, say you get to like season five, it's a lot of brains to do. <laughs> and <laughs> eventually they're going to have some really silly filler brains in there that don't seem necessary. So yeah, I think 13, unless they manage to do something where it's like the first 13 is very solidly one story and then the last nine is another story that could work fine but i wouldn't want it to be one story spread out over 22 yeah i I think that the thing that they could do if they so like i do recognize that it's totally an issue across television that you know you end up with filler episodes when you have uh 22 episodes and you end up with storylines being dragged out for way too long but i think that's a solvable problem with the right uh team making the show and i think that rob thomas is totally capable of making a 22 episode show that wouldn't really drag that would have enough content to actually really fill that and i also think that he's built a world that has enough characters where um at where 22 episodes could be enough to really develop more of the side characters that are introduced but then not uh you know given enough time because there isn't enough time um so i hope I hope that either we get a re- another really crisp 13-episode season or we get a really crisp 22-episode season, but I know that's less likely uh, to be crisp if it's 22 episodes. And and then obviously, I think we'd all agree that basically if Rob Thomas has got a 22-episode plan, I want to see what that plan is, not all of a sudden at episode 12 they go, by the way, this is the last episode, and we get, <laughs> you know, yeah. condensed. Yeah. <laughs> That is true. I mean, and we reported on the interview. One of the interviews he did was uh, he did say that he had something that was uh, all set for 22. But if they had to get 13, it's going to be kind of tightly packed in the last few weeks. Yeah, so in that case, I hope it's 22. Yeah. 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 Yeah, We'll be waiting to see. Now, some fans are very aware of the fact that the show uh, is based 
uh, around the, the comic that has been out there. So I'm curious. Not everyone is, though. But so for you folks as podcasters, have you read? Did you read the comics before or after or at all? Um, I made it a point to, and uh, uh, you know, <laughs> as we were getting into it, I mean, we we basically devoted uh, four podcast episodes to it. One one for each trade, and. You know, as we were getting into it, we d- did discover that the show is pretty much going to be loosely based on the on the story. So, um, you know, I did did appreciate the story. I really think that people, if you're into iZombie, you really should just you should check out the comics to see, you know, maybe a, the this alternate version of this story. Yeah, I wasn't crazy about the comic. <laughs> But I'm not a comic reader. Maybe it is great. I, I don't know. But it, yeah, it's nothing like the show. The only thing is like the the opening credits are yeah. so much in the style of the the comic. The way the comics drawn, uh, I, the comics could not have been made into a television show. It's like unfilmable. No, yeah. yeah. So what about um, it? Huh? I mean, I haven't read the comics, so I'm interested in what it's about the It's just not a television show. It's just not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, Gwen does isn't the most, uh, you know, as a as a main character, she doesn't push the plot forward as much as you'd want her to either. She goes from one thing to the next, and sometimes she falls into trouble. But there is a main overarching mythology that has to do with uh, mummy and you know wear terrier and ghosts and <laughs> <laughs> this uh um end of the universe uh, uh thing so i don't know it, it's 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 a different take but i can see that being put on television and being uh i don't know I, i'd love to see it i'd love to see like a big a big movie actually mm. i think that would be much better i can't see it as a series as i think there's a reason why it ended it was just you know they did what they could with it and then then moved, then, mm-hmm. then ended it. <laughs> so I guess nobody else read the comics. Uh, I have not. <clears throat> you so at the so you do recommend it, but you just don't necessarily like it quite as much. It's a different yeah. thing. <laughs> I I do like it. I do like it a lot. Um, but um, uh, it's just a different. It's different. <laughs> uh, maybe you guys can settle an argument that I had with Dan. Uh, Dan thinks that Gwendolyn is a funnier <laughs> name than Liv Moore, and I want to know what you guys think. <laughs> I think it, I mean just the fact that it's called she's like you know it'd be like Gwendolyn and that's like a just, yeah. a, just one name whereas Liv Moore is um, yeah, <laughs> that's more of a funny thing <laughs> so I'd say Liv is okay point Jesse <laughs> I just like Liv because Actually, I want I, them to get to the live free or die hard <laughs> 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 Yeah, I suspect we got some funny uh, titles coming. <laughs> we need li- we need live together, the- die alone for a lost reference. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but the comics do tread in an area where uh, it doesn't seem like the TV series wants to go overall, and that's supernatural. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, one of the questions I wrote down here is like, does this show need to be supernatural? And it's something that I um, keep wrestling with. Like, I would. It, it seems that this is all being based on science, the zombieism, where it's almost like it's just a mm-hmm. disease. But um, 
and then I then I'm like, oh, you know, it would be cool if it turned out that it's more of a, a supernatural kind of zombie thing. But then again, once you do that, you can't come <laughs> back from it. So <laughs> it's a totally it's not a totally different show, but it's a, it's a different show. It might be something more of what we've seen before. I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think? Don't you think maybe in uh, in a little bit more of the pop culture with zombies, uh, they are going towards a more scientific uh, like I know rabies has been uh, a, a, an example of, of zombieism in several uh, movies and TV shows. And and it is kind of an interesting way to uh, explain what is happening and yet kind of leave the supernatural kind of on the sideline there. I uh, kind of wouldn't mind if it went kind of an Arrow route where season one of Arrow was very grounded and trying to be super like Batman Begins gritty and there's no superpowers or anything. And they just very slowly peppered in more and more and opened the world up more and more. And so I think if they did go the supernatural route with iZombie, they'd have to take it very slowly. I wouldn't want suddenly there's all these different creatures everywhere. But I think that it could liven up the case of the week if we had like non-humans to deal with. And being like, what is it this week? Uh, I think that could be kind of cool, but I would be fine either way. Yeah, I got so excited at the end, as we were discussing the end of uh, Dead Rat, mm-hmm. Live Rat, the fact that maybe Teresa was killed. By <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was so upset that she died. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, or that, you know, she'd be the body on the, she'd be the cadaver the next week, but then she would come back to life as <laughs> Some it could still happen. Being. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, she but... <laughs> she's going to be on scream anyway, right? Yeah, so she's not going to be available. Yeah. She's going to have a chance to die again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless her name is Sydney Prescott. <laughs> yeah. Good point. <laughs> now, you folks, now that you've been doing the podcasts, obviously you, you love the show. You're talking with your co-host about it. Obviously, it starts to take on a little bit of a life of its own because the fandom now starts to come in uh, in a totally good way. But I'm curious now that you've got a lot of listeners, you're getting feedback, you're seeing the larger iZombie community, uh, certainly discussions about uh, certain ships and who you might ship and what the audience wants. So I'm kind of curious to hear from each of you a little bit about your experience of the, uh, you know, the bigger iZombie community. Steph, what do you think? Oh, um, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, you go ahead. Problem. <laughs> <laughs> I caught yeah. you off guard. Uh, you know, it, it's funny. We were doing this for a while before the show started, so it's as if like overnight. And once that pilot aired, all of a sudden it just exploded, <laughs> and it's cool to see that. And uh, we've got people like you know, iZombie obsessed and iZombie Nation that seem to just. That's all they do is tweet about iZombie <laughs> and at all hours. And I, I, I'm. I'm uh, entertained by that. I'm also like sometimes I'm like jealous. I wish I wish I had more time to devote mm-hmm. to it. So um, it's cool that the fandom is so big, and uh, you know we don't have to like you know make sure that the torches <laughs> are lit all the time to make sure that the people behind the show know that they're appreciated. Um, but uh, yeah, I I I love the fact that I was really hoping that this would turn into something like like a Buffy mm. or an X Files or something like that, where people would just be uh, writing about it, tweeting about it, uh, Facebooking about it, and I see it mostly on Twitter and some you know people blog about it. But I don't know. What do you guys think? 
we, I don't know that we've had a ton of fan interactions. The one that we have had, like what people have told us, is mostly just that they're enjoying the show. But if we're talking about um, the shipping stuff, um, my co-host has one thing she wants more. Uh, more rager. Absolutely. <laughs> that's a, that's a Robbie and Major. And not necessarily a romantic relationship. But Why not? every <laughs> It'd be fine. It would throw a wrench in Liv's plans, but still. Um, but every time they have a conversation, we laugh out loud. They're just, they have really great chemistry together. And uh, I love hearing what they say. Would you say that you want Rager to the max? <laughs> Ooh. Super max, dude. <laughs> Uh, listen, it, I gotta correct you. It's it's called yeah. Roger. I didn't. I always thought it was Rager, but then I heard uh, uh, Robert Buckley talk about it on a panel, and he called it Roger. So, and I just like the fact that it's like a guy's name. <laughs> Roger. It stands for both of them. As far as the shippers go, I'm pretty amazed that they killed off Lowell. And I I, I wasn't quite as uh, paying attention to Twitter that day. But how did people react shipping wise? Were they freaking out? A lot of people. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot so of people. Uh, really, uh, being being around before the show started, I I, I would see that you, you would think that by some of the tweets that would come out, the amount of tweets that would just be hashtag guy zombie, which I would look through like mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Um, a lot of those tweets were just talking about Bradley Adams. Bradley Adams. <laughs> yeah, Bradley, Bradley Adams, Adams has a show. huge fan base. Huge. <laughs> So it is surprising that they killed him off. Yeah, I'm surprised he's not one of the stars of the show. <laughs> he's so popular. Props to them for like actually making a real move and not necessarily basing it off, uh, you know, uh, you know, really doing it for the art of the story rather than you know just for the money that would come in from keeping Bradley Adams on the show. Yeah, yeah. And as far as shipping goes, in the beginning, it, it was so tragic that that uh, Liv and Major couldn't be together. That they were such a great couple. But as they both changed, the characters changed over the season. At in the finale, when she held his hand, when he's—I mean, I was just like, "You have no right," you know. Just how dare you? You know, I'm—I'm I'm just completely. I, my feelings for Liv and Major being a couple have totally changed over the season. <laughs> it's funny, I'll sorry, go. Uh, Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, I, I, I was a big fan of them being, I, uh, being a couple. I, it's just, I, I see both sides of this argument all the time. I'm just trying to rationalize it. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I can't see live with anybody at this point. It's funny. I remember like episode two, I was like, are they going with a Blaine live thing for like one episode? I, Cause we didn't know how bad Blaine was yet. And I was like, maybe he'll be a bad boy. And then I went in a very different direction very quickly. He's a very bad boy. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you there. I thought, I thought it was going to be Blaine as well there for a while. And then he killed Lowell and Blaine is dead to me. <laughs> To a lot of people, I think. <laughs> uh, but Spike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's totally my immediate thought. When, I, especially that's towards the end, I'm like, okay, he got his quote soul back. We're gonna see what happens. Yeah, and that's the difference here. Is like since we're so based in science, it's not yeah. like you know they're they're not making it so like they've lost all rationality or all consciousness. Uh, uh, when they turn and it's not even like a thing. vampire thing where it's like they're so drawn to the blood that they can't help themselves because they can help themselves. 
Yeah, except for Sebastian, apparently. Yeah, well, but Liv, um, like, quite. Yeah, honestly. I mean, Liv also has really easy access to brains. Yeah, and also ate someone's brain uh, when she first turned into a zombie true, without yeah. like control over herself. So I thought she was a little bit harsh there. <laughs> uh, I, I do wish that they brought in Blaine's sort of rationalizing of his actions a little earlier, where you know he's like, "I'm the thing that's stopping the zombie apocalypse because there are people who need, you know, there are zombies who need brains." And if I don't give them brains, then they're going to get them from somewhere else. Um, I mean, of course, then he went around murdering kids. So <laughs> it's but, okay, okay. But Maybe I wish that right they, you know, had a little bit more of him sort of trying to ra- rationalize it uh, to himself instead of – I thought he could have used a little more nuance is all. Yeah, I'd like to know a lot more about Blaine because I also thought, like, didn't he go and create most of the zombies? He's <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, not that great dude. <laughs> He had a bad childhood, right? Yeah. Sure. Cool motive. Still murder. (laughs) Yes, it is. Now, we've we've touched on a few specifics and so forth, but I'm sure there must be maybe some other topics or things before we kind of wrap things up that any of you give each one of you a chance to maybe talk about something else. uh, You really want to make sure you get off your chest uh, that that, uh, maybe you loved or want to see changed or something of that nature before from the show. I want Peyton to be a regular. <laughs> I was really, I was really upset, mostly just because the, her character, like as written, is supposed to be like you know a big part of Liv's life, and like there are even episodes where they reference her. But because they couldn't afford to keep Amachaka on the show uh, for you know even most of the episodes, it felt really odd that she wasn't around. So I, I hope that they can uh, afford her, uh, especially since her pilot didn't get picked up, to be a way more major player. No pun intended. Um, and you can't use that word with this show. It's awful. Uh, um, in the second season, especially now that she knows, I'd like to see her get some real development. I know. If she doesn't come back, Rob Thomas has basically said, well, you just can imagine her wandering. Yeah, be, being upset. Yeah, which would be a be really upset. pathetic way for that character to leave I mean, the series. Yeah, and she's like, she's like a high-powered lawyer, man. She should be like doing all kinds of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe next season... They'll bring, you know, is she like an assistant district attorney? Something Maybe like that, that. that will Maybe be. She can go work with Laurel. <laughs> <laughs> Crossover. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one thing that I uh, was thinking about how, you know, we have all these like DC shows and they're all now crossing over with each other and starting all these spinoffs or whatever. And yet, iZombie is never, like, recognized as a DC show mm-hmm. as well. So. Yeah, because it's not really a superhero show, right? It's a, it's a monster yeah. show, and I don't think a lot of people don't know that it's uh, DC comic DC comic at all. Yeah. Right. But yeah. Is it, is it a Vertigo one, though? Right? Because they yeah. do draw a, a pretty big delineation between yeah. those, as Vertigo is for adults, correct? Mm-hmm. Or something. <laughs> is that why they were referencing Vertigo in, in the show? <laughs> Probably. Uh, yeah. The movie? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just yeah. got that. Okay. Uh, Did you mean to do that? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, I think the crossover could be interesting, but I'm too afraid we get something really silly like Blaine scratches Barry Allen and all of a sudden you have a zombie flash. And, he and he'd to have to eat a million brains a day, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I was talking with Jesse earlier. If uh, Liv could have just gone at the beginning of season three to Arrow, she could have solved the key murder very quickly there that wouldn't have taken the whole season to deal with. So uh, I don't want to say the character name in case people don't know. But 
<laughs> yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think maybe if we were talking about just general things, I thought that the one of the things the show did better was not only the dialogue. It's probably some of the best dialogue on TV this year. But mm-hmm. the way they named things was probably one of the best things I've seen in a long time. So I'm excited to see what weird locations and weird names we're going to get in the next season. Yeah, Seattle's full of punny <laughs> names. I love it. <laughs> and we actually had less and less as we moved along. It was like, you know, like every episode through the first part of the season, there was like two or yeah. three just really <laughs> hilarious punny business names. I am interested to see what, what people think Blaine will be doing in season two. Is he going to be around? Like... Okay, <laughs> for sure. I think uh, he's going to be working with Liv. Maybe I don't think that she'd be super down with that. I don't think she's going to. I agree. I don't think she's going to like it, but I think she's going to have no choice because he has the contacts right. or something like that. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I guess a very sp- oh, man. It's so Steven his Weber. hair. He's even got spiky blonde hair, man. <laughs> it's, it's, oh. <laughs> yeah. Was he going to come in wearing Steven a leather Weber trench coat with a guy. British accent? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steven Weber will be that, um, you know, common enemy they're going to be fighting against. And, yeah, I think they will have to work mm-hmm. together, especially since Blaine's not a zombie yeah. anymore. It's a little like he Blacklist little with brains. <laughs> and the other thing, though, is that it's super easy to become a zombie if you know a zombie, right? You just like, yeah, Brush like, oops, them. sorry, you scratched me. Oh, no. <laughs> so I feel, I feel like, and, and Blaine knows zombies. So if he wanted to become a zombie again, he could. But I don't know whether or not he really does. Mm-hmm. He was enjoying that burrito. <laughs> was enjoying that burrito, but I mean, oh, yeah. burritos taste pretty good anyway, dude. <laughs> yes, that was like a fried blueberry Danish. Oh, <laughs> Rob Thomas. <laughs> well, yeah, we have lots of great stuff to look forward to. So, going to be some fun things, no doubt. Now, we wanted to let you folks know too uh, about some uh, iZombie-related uh, fan events that are coming up. Uh, if you happen to be in any of these areas. Uh, we know that uh, Malcolm Goodwin, a.k.a. Clive, will be a guest at Indie PopCon, which takes place in Indianapolis uh, very shortly after this podcast comes out. Our apologies if you're catching it a little later. But the last weekend of June, from the 26th to the 28th, he will be there as a guest uh, if you want to come uh, meet him. And, uh, Robin, I think you have a little bit of info about San Diego Comic Con. Oh, yeah. They are going to be back again, uh, this time with an actual show. Because <laughs> <laughs> last year they had a show to promote and then they couldn't show it because two people got reclassed so um but it's going to be uh, uh july 10th 5 45 to 6 45 p.m and they're going to have uh everybody's going to be there rob thomas diane rogerio Wright, uh rose, rose mckiver malcolm goodwin raul coley robert buckley and david anders it's going to be in ballroom 20 and uh i really wish we <laughs> Yeah, anyone who happens to be there, please reach out to one of these podcasts. Let us know what it was like. We'd love to hear about it. Yes. Uh, and I also know that uh, coming up at uh, Dragon Con, uh, which takes place in Atlanta, Georgia, over Labor Day weekend, uh, one of the world's largest fan-run conventions, that the uh, Dragon Con uh, Urban Fantasy track, iZombie, is one of the shows that it covers. They will haven't heard anything about any guests, uh, you know, celebrity guests from the show being there, but I know that uh, Carol Malcolm, who runs the Urban Fantasy Track is doing an iZombie fan discussion panel. And if uh, plans hold, both myself and Stephanie will be there as panelists. So come on down and hear us talk about the show. Definitely. I hope we get some audio for mm-hmm. that, too. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do our best. <laughs> Definitely looking forward to that. And, and it's been uh, funny. In, in exchanging some messages with Carol, who's a friend of mine, uh, she mentioned how uh, that over the last few weeks, 
Uh, you know, she hears from both fans who come to the convention and also folks who are interested in being panelists for her panels. And she covers many TV shows, Supernatural, uh, Teen Wolf, lots of other shows, uh, that iZombie has become by far the one, the most popular one folks are asking about. So that's a great sign. Oh, all well, right. We need to find out if we can periscope it. Yes, we'll have to look into that, see what we can do to let you folks who can't be there uh, experience it, uh, Periscope or, or certainly recorded audio form. It'll be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we appreciate all of you folks uh, listening in. Now, before we go, uh, hopefully you folks have made some new friends here. You may be only listening to one of these podcasts, maybe all, but we'll give each of the podcasts a chance to uh, quickly say hello again and let you know where you can find them online. Yeah, I know I listen to all these guys. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, Steph and I, you can find us on the iZombie podcast. Uh, that's at iZombiePodcast.com, or you can reach us through the DVMPE.com website. Uh, uh, DVM Podcast Empire is the uh, network that hosts our podcast. So, uh, check it out. Um, Melissa and I are on iZombie, UZombie. Um, and if you're trying to kill some time over the summer, <laughs> we have pun intended, I guess. If you, if you could, uh, look us up, we have another podcast called The One With Podcast. And we cover friends, but we also have lots of episodes about weird little subjects. And yes, uh, fellow podcasters, that is the worst title we could have ever picked, as it is the most <laughs> unsearchable terms in the iTunes store. Lesson learned. <laughs> and what's your uh, website that they can find you at? <sighs> we exist only in the spoken form right now. We are websiteless. Ah, okay. Excellent. <laughs> but you can always email us at izombieuzombie at gmail.com. Um, you can find us kicking ass and taking brains at kicking ass and taking brains dot com. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter at iZombiePod. Uh, you can also uh, send us an email at t- kicking ass and taking brains at gmail dot com. And, uh, you know, we're on iTunes, just kicking ass and taking brains. Now, which one of you guys is kicking ass? <laughs> and which one of you guys is brains? Uh, if you figured that out. Uh, we haven't made a decision I yet. Can, I, can, I can take the brains. Dan knows that I can guys. <laughs> awesome. And uh, my name is Kevin Batchelder. I'm one of the co-hosts of Tuning It to Sci-Fi TV. Uh, that uh, we cover all kinds of genre shows, iZombie, Arrow, many of the others mentioned here. We uh, cover many different shows, have lots of fun over there covering them each week. So if you're interested in lots of shows, feel free to check us out there, tuning it to sci com. I want to thank each and every one of you podcasters for being here. I think this was a lot of fun. Hopefully you folks listening enjoyed it too, and we hope you all take care. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks.